Today we want you to turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 as you would stand with us in honor of God's word this morning. The title of today's message is The Answer. And it seems as if week after week we come before you and we stand and think about tragedies that are happening here in our own country. Tragedies that are happening all over the world. And we need answers. And so we turn to God's word to find that. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wondrous and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the opportunity and the privilege and the freedom to be here in your house today worshiping you. God, we thank you that um, we can come to a place like this without the fear of being attacked. And God, we know that that we take for granted so, so many times. And so God, today we come before you with an attitude of praise, an attitude of worship. And God, we t pray that today if there's anyone here that needs to come to know you as their Savior, may they come to know you before it's everlasting too late. Lord, speak through your word. We pray, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, for it's in your name we pray, amen. The answer, you know, when you think about the answer, when I was growing up in church as a PK, was in church all the time, every time the doors were open, you were at Sunday school, you were at Wednesday night, whether it was RAs, GAs, Awana, youth group, all through the years as a PK, you could breeze through any question asked in church with this answer here. Did you guys put that up there? Pray, read your Bible, go to church, Jesus and God. Whatever they asked in Sunday school, whatever they asked in youth group, whatever, even if you weren't listening, if they put you on the spot, you could say, well, pray about it. Or go to church, or read your Bible, or Jesus and God. Kids, do you relate to what I'm saying here? Some of you bigger kids like me. I could breeze through... Any week in Sunday school, any week in Awana and RAs and GAs and mission friends and whatever else I've done through the years as a kid and in youth, whenever I ask the question, something spiritual, the answer is always, lean in kids, are you ready? Pray, read your Bible, go to church, Jesus and God. That pretty much covers it all, doesn't it? And so through the years I thought, you know, that's kind of a simple answer. But there's a lot of truth to it. We find here in Acts chapter 2 where a lot of amazing supernatural things have happened because of the Holy Spirit. We think about, you know, Jesus as he ascended into heaven, he was given a given a he gave a mission to the apostles there as he ascended into heaven there in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But then we see how Peter, just an ordinary old guy, preached and 3000 men came to know Christ and were saved. 
And so we come to the end of that discourse there where something spirit-filled, supernatural, miraculous has happened. And here are these verses tacked on at the end. Verses 42 through 47. It's almost like a summation of, hey, that was a great day, and so here's what we do from now on. Now I want you to notice something when you look at these scriptures here. There's a common theme, if you'll notice. Maybe it says they broke bread in their homes, or they continued in the breaking of the bread. Some translations say they shared in the Lord's Supper, and it said that twice. Now, if you'll notice, if you go back and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26, it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Jesus even said, Do this in remembrance of Me. Continue to do this in remembrance of me. And you know, we've, Pastor Robbie's been proclaiming the message of revelation week after week in the unconquered message. But if you maybe could give this a little parentheses title here, you might say this is the unconquered faith found here in Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 and 47. You say, why? Because these folks here, these early believers, they anticipated that Jesus could come any day, any time, whenever. It was possible. They knew it was going to come soon. They, they lived that way. They uh, proclaimed that. They studied the Scriptures and they prayed. And then as some time passed, that kind of went away, didn't it? But this is the design that we find here through Dr. Luke as he was inspired through the Holy Spirit to write this. Maybe yours is even in a subtitle, uh, a subsection in the Word of God, and it says above mine, the fellowship of the believers. And so we find here in these verses what it's supposed to look like, what the answer to our world's problems is going to be here in these Scriptures. And so that's why we get that title, the answer, pray, read your Bible, and go to church. Jesus and God. Because God knows, and I hope you do too as a believer, as a child of God, that that's what our world needs you think about prayer for a minute and it says there in verses 42 that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer you know we like to embrace the idea of prayer we like to say even sometimes we like to spiritualize something when somebody says well um you know we've been going through this and then we'll say well we'll lift them up in our prayers are we doing that you know, when you ministry placement team, they, they maybe will go to someone that, that they are wanting to serve here in God's house, and they, they ask them the question, hey, would you like to serve uh, on the Amen Corner committee here in our church? And, and you ask them that, and you think, all right, they're equipped to do that. They're a believer. They're a member of this church. And, and, and what's the response? Well, we'll pray about it. How many times did we see, and, and I hope this is the case when we're, when we're on social media and Someone needs prayer for a family member or a friend that is in desperate need and they say, please pray. And then, I've done it before. We start saying, praying, prayers, prayers lifted up, pray, prayers, prayers lifted up. All the way down in the responses. So I want us to ask ourselves this morning, are we praying or do we just embrace and like and are kind of fond of the idea of praying? See, that's what's going to be the answer to our world. And that's where we're going to find answers to life's questions, whether there is, there is a, a tragedy or there are some question marks in our families. It's going to be found in prayer. And notice here in these Scriptures, they were devoted to prayer. 
where we get the term devotion. Daily devotion. How many of us are praying too much? I've never met anybody that prayed too much. I've never met anybody that says, you know, I need to cut back. Been been praying too much. I need to have a diet from prayer. I need to cut back. We might need to cut back on some sweets, right? And have a diet from those things. But we need more, more, and more. God's people need to be praying. When's the last time that you came before God at, at this altar here and prayed on your knees? When's the last time you got on your knees down beside your bedside there and prayed and sought to God? Maybe you prayed so much that you fell asleep on your knees as you were seeking the face of God. When's the last time that you laid flat before the Lord? You know, that's what we see examples of that in the Scriptures where, where people just laid flat on their face before God and they cried out and prayed to Him. We see all through Psalms where David did that. When's the last time we sought the Lord in prayer and were devoted? See that, that term there, it says they were devoted. They devoted themselves. We devote ourselves to a lot of things, right? We devote our time to a lot of things. We de- devote a lot of our energy to a lot of things. And then we don't have anything left for prayer. You know, I can remember as a kid, and I can remember... Uh, Walking down the hallway, and in our home, there was a dining room that my dad had made into a makeshift study as he was trying to pastor a church and and finish seminary. And I can remember that door wouldn't shut really good to that dining room and that office area. And I can remember walking down the hallway and trying to peek through, as a little boy might do when he's trying to spend some time with his dad, and peeking through, saying, I wonder what he's doing Trying to find, maybe get down on the ground, you know, and look underneath the door. I wonder what he's doing inside of there, as little boys might do. And sometimes, as little kids do, some, I, I believe it's just so that they will be noticed. I might try to push that door open a little bit, and then it would make a noise. And I can remember opening that door, and my dad turning around, and he would be there on his knees praying before God. didn't matter what time of day it was. If he, that door was closed, chances are he was spending some time in prayer. And I can remember that, catching my dad on his knee, be, knees before God in prayer. That image forever etched into my mind. And so I said, you know what, if there's... My dad's not perfect. You can ask my wife. My dad's not perfect, but one thing he set an example in was his lifestyle of prayer. And I said to myself, if there's anything that I want to be like my dad, it's that. I want to be a man of prayer. You say, well, my dad was a, was a, a, a drunk. My dad was sorry. He wasn't any count. You don't understand. I didn't have that example. Guess what? You can be the difference maker. You could be the one that is the catalyst for change in this world, by spending time on your knees before God in prayer. You know what? Because I, I challenge our youth with this a lot. When I say you need to pray more, we say that a lot. Right? We, we want to talk to people about praying. You say, well, I've already heard one of these sermons about prayer. I know what you say in Pastor Ben, whatever. We need to pray more. Yeah, I get it. I got it. But I, I'll, challenge, I'll challenge youth with this. I'll say, don't lay in the bed and pray. Because it's 
Dear Heavenly Father, you know what I mean? We're tired, we're we're worn out. If you've got to stand up and pray, if you've got to walk down the street and pray, God's people need to be praying because what we're trying now ain't working. Amen? So they devoted themselves to prayer. Have you heard from God? Have you heard an answer from Him? Are you seeking the Lord? Second thing is read your Bible. It says that they have devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking bread, and to prayer. Notice that. The apostles' teaching, reading your Bible, studying God's Word, hearing from God as He speaks to us through His Word. Some of us, and and I pick on youth when I say this, we have to go and find our Bible in the back window of the car where the sun has curled up the cover so that we can go to Sunday school on Sunday morning. Because that was the last time we cracked open God speaking to us through His Word. Are we hearing from God the answers that are found right here in His Word? Are we seeking God through study of His Word? You know, I think about small groups here in our church. I think about what a great job our small group leaders do in our life groups. And I think about how much we need that study of God's Word. You find it here that they, it wasn't just somebody on their own. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It says they, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Notice that. They devoted themselves not only to prayer, but to the study, the reading of God's Word is sitting under the apostles' teaching. We have that right here. We've got it on our digital devices now. We've got even digital technology that will remind us that it's time to read our Bible and and be involved in a devotion. But are we devoting ourselves to that? You know, I, I challenge you with this. With a new church year, as we come closer to a new church year, And we like to, in a new year, turn over a new leaf, right? We want to try something there. I challenge you, be involved in a small group here in this church. Go to life group. You're missing a blessing if you're not. If you're not reading God's Word, begin to read God's Word and allow it to change your life. Not just read it, but allow it to penetrate your heart. That's what these early believers here after this miraculous thing had happened with the Apostle Peter preaching and all these people coming to know, they needed some direction. They needed answers as to where we go from here. They needed someone to show them how we should go and where are we going to find that other than in God's Word. My grandmother, she's 86 years old, and about six, seven years ago, she was pronounced blind, but has macular degeneration to the point to where now she can't see to read. But prior to that, I can remember as she has faithfully taken care of my uncle who is handicapped, still does this, faithfully has taken care of him since he was a child. Day after day after day. 
5 a.m., 4.30. She, we used to joke about what time she used to get up. 4.30, 5 o'clock. Well, I don't remember what time it was. It was still dark, and it was dark for a long time. Day after day after day, before my uncle would wake up and she would have to tend to his needs, she would there be in God's Word until the day she couldn't see to read it again. We are young and healthy. We can see. We can read. We can get in God's Word every day. That's where the answers are going to be found in our lives. That's where the answers are going to be found to the world's problems. That is the answer. We're going to have an encounter with Jesus Christ, the one we just sang about, the one that we were worshiping. What better way? And, 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 and I can remember we got her an extra large print Bible. This thing was huge. And it was right before she could see her very last. Now she has to feel her way around the house and can see silhouettes of people and, you know, just makes, makes it happen the best way she can. But I can remember we got her this large print Bible and a new set of reading glasses. And it gave her like six more months. She was so thrilled. She said as she opened the Word of God, I can see it. I can see it. Then eventually... She couldn't see it anymore. We have here a treasure. A treasure given to us and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. More, we're, we're more concerned about what we read on social media than what's in here. We're, we're, we're more concerned about reading today's headlines and, and complaining about that than what's in here. I'm talking to myself when I say this. We have to be disciplined in these spiritual disciplines. We have to be devoted to prayer and the breaking of bread and to the apostles' teaching. The Word of God, we have to be devoted to it. The next one's go to church. You know, we pray, we read your Bible, and then if that, that's not it, then we can throw in go to church because that's where it happens, right? It is. It's where it happens. It's where lives are changed. Hearts are broken. The Spirit fills us up. And we can worship. You know, we were talking this morning as we were trying to diagnose the AC issues in here. We were thinking, well, it's going to have to be a short service today. We're going to have to get everybody out of here so we can get everybody cool. And, and, and Jeremy was with the group that went to Haiti. And he said, well, we might just have to have church like we had in Haiti. Right? Right, guys that were there? Might just have to have church like we were in Haiti. No AC and a lot hotter than this. And they worshiped for hours. Right, brother? Worship for hours. So we're in God's house in a comfortable chair. We have a little bit of AC. Then we should be able to stay here at least for a couple of hours and listen to the Word of God being preached. Amen? Some of you woke up then, right? Think about it. It's the Lord's day. His day that we should give Him our all. 
thinking about his son Jesus who died. As we sang about it, we proclaimed these words that, we, that, that our praise team so eloquently leads us to the throne of grace each week, week in and week out, and we're here to worship. Are we here to worship? Are we here to be a part of a small group? Are we, in, are we just going to church? Are we a part of the church? Are we involved in the church? Are we engaged in what's going on here? Are we serving in the church? Are we equipping the next generation? And are we being equipped through that small group? And then it's, if you'll notice it says here that they were selling their possessions and goods and they gave to anyone who was in need. They were sacrificing their time, their talents, their possessions, possessions as an offering to God so that they might see people come to know the Lord. So are you going to be a difference maker in your home? Are you going to be a difference maker in your workplace? Are you going to be a difference maker in your schoolhouse? Are you going to be a difference Maker on your team, wherever God's placed you, are you going to be the one that not only embraces the good idea of pray, read your Bible, go to church, Jesus and God, or are you going to be a catalyst for change? Because we need answers. We need answers. Finally, the last answer that we give here in Sunday school is Jesus and God, because that ought to really just cover everything, right? If we pray, read your Bible, go to church, doesn't get it done. Jesus and God ought to be just all-encompassing. That should be all we need to say is Jesus and God, right? Well, if we take that a little bit further, we're leaving out one part of the Trinity that we see so very evident here in the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts because you see how the Holy Spirit is working in lives, and changing lives, and, and people are being saved in thousands. Imagine if that were to happen here today in the United States of America. Imagine if that was happening today all over our world. It can happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. But God's people are going to have to pray, read your Bible, go to church, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. See, that's what was happening. You know, there was nothing fancy about the Apostle Peter. If you've read anything about him, if anything, he was a goofball sometimes, right? But God used him. I love these scriptures here in verses 42 through 47. It doesn't call any names. You know why? Because this is just anybody and everybody just like you and me that can do great and mighty things for the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us if we're a child of God. So yes, Jesus and God does encompass everything. The Holy Spirit's power. We don't understand the Holy Spirit's power that lives inside of us as believers. We don't understand it. We won't understand it until we get to heaven. But right now, I want to just grab a hold and hold on and see what happens. Don't you? Because I want to make a difference. You know, I can remember when God called me to preach. God called me into the ministry, and I didn't want to do it. And I'm not saying this morning that everybody's called into the ministry, but we're all called to be servants of God if we're a child of His. But I can remember I was saved when I was 11 years old. 
And after that, you know, you just use the answer. Pray, read your Bible, go to church, Jesus and God. Now it'll get you out of anything, right? Just kind of go through the motions. We're just going through the motions. No matter how late you stayed out on a Saturday night, my dad said 9 o'clock Sunday morning, you're getting up and we're going to church, right? Then you sit through that and you say, pray, read your Bible, go to church, Jesus and God. And then go through it again on Wednesday night. And then go through it again. But I can remember when I was a young man and God got a hold to me. Went to college and was in the Christian ministries um, major. You God had called me. But then I thought, you know, I, I just don't know if I want to do this. This is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. That's what my dad does. My dad's a minister. So that means, you know, what are the chances, right, of anybody, like, following right in the face? You just want to be like your dad. That's what, so, so do something else. So changed my major in college. History and political science. That'll be easy. I'll go to law school, and I'll make a lot of money. I have a big house and a nice car. Still married a pretty lady, right? Big house, nice car, a lot of money, and I won't have to worry about all this ministry stuff. And so got all the way to my senior year and, and the summer before my senior year, and, and, and God's still just tearing me up on the inside. But I knew, oh, look, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden I said, oh, here's a God thing. A professor of mine just so happened knew someone in Rome, Georgia, where I went to college, who's was a partner in the largest, most influential law firm in Rome. And he said, guess what? I've got you an internship. I said, there you go. That's it. That's a God thing. Interned in that law office that summer, was taking the LSAT to prepare to go to law school. And every day I went into that law office, it was just like God was speaking to me through an audible voice. You are making the biggest mistake of your life. Everybody in there to me seemed like they were miserable or just in it for the money. You may say, you nailed it with an attorney, right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. But God wanted to use me to do something great for His glory. And finally, finally, I let my hard head go. And I surrendered to that. Surrendered to His call for my life. And I don't regret it one bit. I can't imagine where I would be today without Jesus Christ. So yes, the answer is found in pray, read your Bible, go to church, Jesus and God. But are we doing it and are we seeking Him? You know, I mentioned that I was saved when I was 11. When I was 6 years old, we had vacation Bible school at my church. And I hope someone, as I sh share this story, can relate to what I'm about to tell you. Six years old, I was in vacation Bible school with my friends, my cousin, and the jolly old pastor came up front and he preached the gospel as you hear in vacation Bible school and we were in the assembly there and I was sta standing behind the pew just like any of them were and he said if anybody would like to come to Christ and accept him as their personal Lord and Savior then come down here and talk to me well my cousin was on this side of me and a friend was on this side of me and and they 
both went down the aisle, and I stood there for a minute, and I said, I'm not going to keep standing here by myself. And I went down too. Said a prayer, was baptized there a little bit after that, but I knew something wasn't right. Around that time, after that, the first, just like we are now, a lot of things were happening in our world, but it was the first war in the Gulf. Kuwait had been taken over, and all of the people, all of the people that I respected as adults, they were talking. I was about 10, 11 years old when this was happening. All of the people that I respected were saying, you know, this might be the end of time. This might be when Christ comes back to get his church. This might be when, when, when Jesus comes. The rapture happens and Jesus splits the sky open and he comes and gets his church. And I knew in my heart that my sin separated me from God and I wasn't saved. So I can remember um, night after night as a scared little boy going down the hallway in my house as everyone had went to sleep and standing there at my mom and dad's door thinking, should I go in and talk to them? Should I go in and tell them that uh, I don't know Jesus as my Savior? Because here's what I was worried about. I was worried about, well, they're going to be disappointed in me. Or they're going to say, you've already done that. Or what are the people at our church are going to think? Because they've already baptized you one time, and, and, and you, this is all wrong. You, you're just a good little kid. Just be quiet. And so I can remember a lot of nights standing there at my parents' door wanting to go in and tell them that I needed Jesus as my Savior. But I let pride get in the way. And many times I would lay down beside their door and sometimes even fall asleep. Too afraid to go in and just tell my mom and dad that I'm lost. So I did that for a a while, it seemed like a year or so, a scared little boy afraid that if Jesus comes back, I'm going to be left behind, or if I were to die, lay down and go to sleep tonight and die, then not wake up, then I'm going to be forever separated from Jesus. But I was too scared to tell anybody. So one day in the spring, after baseball practice, we were having revival at our church, and after baseball practice, I was dirty and nasty and sweaty and and. And my dad said, all right, we're doing practice, let's go. And so we went to the revival services, and I was sitting in the pew, and I don't remember what the pastor preached, but I know he was preaching the gospel, but the Spirit of God got a hold of me. And it scared me to death. Scared little boy. The gospel shouldn't um, be a scary thing, but listen to me. Being separated from Christ forever is scary. So I was scared to death. And so I went home finally that, after, that evening and I, and I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I'm not saved. I'm lost. And I broke down crying, just weeping. Just this weight of the world was on my shoulders and, and, and he grabbed me and he said, well, son, you, you can make this right now. And I, I looked up and I said, well, I want to. So right there in my living room, right there, as, as I was a, a scared little boy, the, uh, I prayed to receive Christ, and the Holy Spirit of God came over me, and he just took the weight of that off of my life. And I was saved. And I'll be honest with you, I am so thankful unto God that he saved me through his son Jesus. 
I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit's power was more powerful than my fear to overcome that so that I could be saved. And you see, you see right here in these scriptures, you find at the very end of this, here is why we do what we do. Here is why we pray, read God's Word, be in God's house, serving God, and allowing the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and work through us. Listen, here it is, in the very last sentence, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. someone need to be saved this morning? Does someone need to accept this gift of eternal life today? Don't be scared. Put pride aside. Put the what you, you're thinking might, well, somebody's going to think weird of me or somebody's going to say, well, you've already done that before. Listen, I'm not trying to scare you this morning, but Jesus Christ wants to save your soul. If you're lost and undone in your sins. Answer that today. That's the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. Accept Him as your Savior. You say, well, I've already done that, Pastor Ben. Well, then guess what? We've got some stuff we need to be doing. Not just for the sake of doing it, not just because of legalism, but because the Spirit of God is overflowing inside of us. We need to be on our knees before God in prayer. We need to be in God's Word. We need to be in God's house, lifting up His name and serving Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. What about you? You need to join me in that? Let's pray together.